We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another NFL Weekly Preview on Roto Grinders. I'm Justin Carlucci alongside of TJ Lasik. How you doing, TJ Lasik? You know, I'm a little bit fired up today, Justin. I'm not going to lie. I was telling you before the show a bit, but yesterday, for some reason, just really, really got to me from a, a tilt perspective. And I've been doing this a long time and don't typically tilt too much anymore get too frustrated just because I know all the things that could happen but I don't know yesterday was particularly frustrating for me really the the whole slate changed at 11 30 when we found out that Zeke Elliott was going to be inactive so I feel like I changed around all my lineups after that news because in my opinion and rightfully so Tony Pollard became the best play on the slate. And so I switched around all my lineups to include Pollard, which is great because Pollard did well. You'd think that'd be great. But what it did was it got me off of my guy, Jalen Hurts, who I was previously about to be all in on. And I was like, well, now that I have all this extra cash, you know, I'm going to pay up for Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And they, they were okay. But Hurts put up the, the 40 burger on DraftKings and – just looking across my lineups, I, I was like between three and 10 points off the cash line in so many contests. And it was a frustrating one for me because after 1 p.m., I was sitting pretty. I had my Pollard and I had my afternoon set up where I had, you know, I had my homes, I had Kelsey, I had Cam Akers, I had the Rams defense, like all the best plays, Emmanuel Sanders. And then I just watched as they pretty much did nothing for for three hours in the afternoon and Drew Brees was back and was just seemingly terrible had to watch them just still force the ball to Taysom Hill on the one yard line Latavius Murray catching touchdowns oh sorry I just had to go on a little bit of a rant there because just one of those weeks for me and hey it happens but I feel like I was so close and just couldn't couldn't quite get there down the stretch Sunday afternoon and just a, a few points shy of a of a big week overall and instead end up with a losing week. But, hey, that's that's NFL DFS for you. Yeah, the, the margin is zero. You know, we all know that. And 
I feel for you, man. Hertz dropped the, the 40 bomb and a lot of late news. It kind of reminds me of, a, of an NBA late breaking news late, you know, at 655 Eastern. Kawhi Leonard will rest today and you're shoving in, you know, Luke Kennard or whoever's going to be backing him up now, you know, min price. And it's great to pay up because you love the ceilings of the studs, but then you kind of get off like three or four guys that you had or any correlations. Maybe you had already set before that, but uh, at least you played Pollard. You're not a big dummy like me. And that was my decision in GPPs. I had a, a Kyler Hopkins team that was pretty good. Didn't have all the right pieces. And I played some of my Titans and I'm a pretty unbiased guy as a fan. And, you know, as long as the volume and the targets are condensed to Henry, AJ Brown and Corey Davis, pretty much, then I, you can, you know, there's very few skill guys that we talk about that you can play both that are very high priced for a little bit. It was, you know, Lockett in Metcalf, maybe a span of two weeks where you, know, you can maybe full stack the chiefs, obviously with, well, it showed a little bit of a run game there against New Orleans, but, you know, we talked about that. And if you're paying, what, 85 for Mahomes this week he is on DK, then, you know, you, you need him to light it up. So it's either Tyreek catches three touchdowns or Kelsey catches three touchdowns or you expect more than one guy to do some damage there. Yep. So, you know, pricing is, is definitely interesting. Hurts up to 7K now. It was probably a sore subject for you. I, did, I didn't really have Hurts. And uh, in, in, in on my radar, I was just going to fade him. But kudos to everyone who played him. And shout out to Chop from RG winning the, the Millie on FanDuel for a second time. I saw he uh, ran the Hurts, the what, Naked Hurts with Hopkins run back correlation. So awesome job to Chop. You know, Merry Christmas. Early present there. Nothing like a cool Millie. Yeah, another, another nutso week with all the late news dropping and some of the injuries that we've been dealing with, which is so hard to give good information on you know Monday night but let's talk about some of those quarterbacks I mean we have to start with Hertz Hertz is you know Hertz Wentz drama is the one of the main topics of the league he's 7k now you know instead of jumping into a game let's talk about Jalen Hurts and where do you stop you know is he still gonna be popular I mean that's a significant uh, price jump from what he was but he's playing Dallas and Dallas kind of stinks so what's your initial reaction are we seeing gonna see some sticker shock there with Jalen yeah, he's getting pretty much priced right up into the elite tier right off the bat, and I think it's deservedly so. He continued to run a decent bit last week, had 18 attempts watching the game, some of which are designed runs, some of which are him just finding that opportunity and scrambling a bit. But I think the more promising thing was that he, he got it done through the air as well which we did not really see the first time out, but threw for over 300 yards, threw for three touchdowns. So I think, I think it's, it's the real deal, at least from a fantasy quarterback perspective. We always talk about the dual threats, and I think Hertz is somebody that we should continue to look at. And, again, like you said, shout out, shout out to Chop on the million-dollar hit. Big, big score there, and – I love what he did with that lineup in terms of the naked hurts play because all the, all the Eagles receivers are just, I don't know which one you would want to stack him with. So I think continuing with the the naked hurts play is completely fine, but I love instead of stacking him with one of his own receivers, at least correlate that game and, and get somebody like a Hopkins last week, this week against Dallas. Obviously we have Gallup 
Lamb, whoever you want to run it back from on that side. So I think Hertz is is quickly rising into that that top tier or maybe that second tier of fantasy quarterback, and rightfully so. Yeah, 24 of 44 for Hertz, so not extremely not, efficient. Not efficient, no. Not, not, not very efficient, but the, there was a lot of – it was a pretty fast-paced game overall, I would yeah. say, Eagles, Cardinals. And I would, I would expect him to continue to not be the, the most efficient, but really the, the reason that, that you're playing Hertz is, is for that equity on the ground just having the upside to run for touchdowns, having the one of the few quarterbacks that has that 100-yard rushing bonus upside. So, Nine but, yeah, he's, he's right up there near, near Herbert and Wilson now. So Nine different huh. pass catchers uh, had receptions. Uh, Travis Fulgham's disappeared after, you know, Carson Wentz you know, hit him up first couple of weeks. That's strange, you know. But finally – these tight ends that everybody loves, you know, Ertz had seven targets, Goddard had eight. You know, they threw the ball. I don't think they want to throw 44 times a game with Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, Rigor, eight targets. Okay. But we'll have to see, you know, moving forward. Yeah, it's just it's just strange. You know, Ertz had seven targets, but only had two catches in 69 yards. You know, some big chunk plays there. Um, are you interested in 7K Hertz against Dallas? First reaction here? My first reaction is that I, I am actually. I think that, yeah, I think I'm interested. I'm, I may even prefer him to to Russ Wilson just because Russ has not really shown too much of a ceiling over the past couple of weeks. So I would say that, of course, you've got Mahomes and Lamar at the top end on quarterback this week in the main slate, but. Hertz fits fits in nicely at that 7K price tag. So I, I think it's a good price for him. I think if he was 6,500, it would be an absolute slam dunk and everyone would have him. I think if he was more expensive, people would be hesitant. But 7K seems like a good price tag to me in terms of he's not going to be over-owned, but there's some value there and obviously a ton of upside. Anyone that, that has the ability to put up 40 points on DraftKings is – somebody that I'm interested in, especially in, uh, in tournaments. And he could even be a guy that you look to in cash games just because of that rushing floor he's bringing to the table. I know the uh, Sunday night game between Cleveland and the New York football giants was one where you might have wanted to just gouge your eyes out watching. Uh, you know, solid game plan. Cleveland came in and you know, didn't do anything special, took care of business. Biggest takeaway, I think, was really Baker Mayfield yeah, 297, two touchdowns, 27 of 32. I was impressed with him because I've, I've been pretty rough on him in, in my criticism in a game where uh, the Giants really did a great job against that uh, Cleveland ground and pound, only uh, let up three and a half yards of carry here. That Giants defense is stingy, you know, and, and really they couldn't sustain any drives either with, with Colt McCoy. And, you know, they're giving Alfred Morris the rock, and I'm sure Wayne Gallman owners were pissed. I'd be pretty mad too. Freddie Morris, seven carries in, in 2020. We're almost in 2021. Alfred Morris is like 45 by now, right? It's crazy. So, I I'm in, I don't know. I'm curious to see Lamar against the Giants. I think that's a pretty stingy defensive unit. So, personally, I think I might look elsewhere just looking at this pricing. Mahomes, you know, I know he's the you know, highest-priced guy. 
I still don't know from week to week if he's priced high enough, right? 8,500. Atlanta, you know, Atlanta stinks defensively. You never know when they're going to play offense, though, right? You just like – Matt Ryan, you know, I, that was one of my surprises. I wasn't sure exactly what we were going to talk to first, but I was surprised with you know, the way that game started. Not as surprised with the way the game finished in uh, typical you know, Falcon fashion over the last couple of years. I mean, how many – Huge leagues have they blown in the last three calendar years by now. It's incredible. So, really terrible first half by the Bucks. You know, came roaring back, still put up 31 points. Tom Brady was really, like, missing in action. Quietly threw for 390 in two scores uh, on Sunday, right? So, we don't always know where the volume's going. So, kudos to Tom Brady. Kudos to... Uh, Chris Prince, beer, he was one of his six-pack plays, one of his highlights there. Tom Brady was minimally owned and a great matchup. And uh, I can't figure Atlanta out. Can you? Like, Because, you know, one, one week they're going to show up, one week they're not. They have no run game anymore whatsoever. Todd Gurley had one carry in that game, by the way. I know the game script wasn't there. I think Calvin Ridley's probably in play every single week now. Um but that that was a crazy game in terms of you know fantasy points there. And Matt Ryan's coming in fifty eight hundred. They don't have a run game as it is now. They got to travel to Kansas City. I know your, your first thoughts are probably well, a dome team probably plays pretty poorly outside. But uh, you know if they're going to throw the ball eighty percent of the time again, I'm mildly interested in taking a stab at Matt Ryan. I think. Yeah, I think this this slate in general is a little bit on the uglier side just in terms of game totals this Atlanta Kansas City game is actually the only game on the entire main slate that has over 50 point total so I think that that makes it appealing any anytime the Chiefs are playing we're we're pretty much locked into a 50 plus point total I think you 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 hit it with Calvin Ridley and we maybe need to start considering him more of a more of a must play whenever Julio Jones is out because just the entire offense is is going to run through him. 14 targets yesterday, went for 10 catches, 163 yards, and a touchdown. So he's certainly expensive, 8,500 on DraftKings, but he, he's a, a great play and should be a nice game environment for him. I think you can also look to Russell Gage. Again, this is all if Julio is out again. Gage with 10 targets last week, went for five, 68 and a touchdown. And then the other big news on the Kansas City side is the injury to, to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And I think it was a high ankle sprain and a strained hip I'm seeing. So I think he he may be done for at least the regular season. And, and who knows whether or not he'll be able to get back in time for, for postseason play. But I'm sure a topic of discussion is going to be around Le'Veon Bell and does this news mean that Le'Veon Bell steps in and becomes a bit more of a workhorse back, or is he just going to to split some time with Daryl Williams now, which seems likely because the Chiefs seem to like to mix people in no matter what. But we do have Le'Veon Bell at, at 5,800. We know that we like to play running backs, especially running backs that, that can catch some passes against Atlanta. So I think that Le'Veon will – will probably be somebody that people are looking to go to. And I don't I don't know exactly when the salaries came out, but I think that this could be that spot where the the salary may not reflect the fact that 
Edwards Lair is out at only 5,800. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be the topic of conversation all week long. That's a pretty pretty damn good game environment, too, you, you would think. I was just looking up some Ridley numbers while you were talking. Last two weeks, week 14 without Julio, he had 65% of the air yard market share. Sunday, he had 51% of the air yard market share. So last two weeks in terms of total air yards, he has 421. That's, that's, uh, that's quite a bit. But you get to the point where, right, say you want Mahomes and Tyreek. Tyreek's 9K. Ridley is 85K, the two most expensive receivers on the slate, for good reason. And, you know, Mahomes, 85. So you're, you're, you're dying for value. And, and Kelsey's 8,500 now, too. He, he even went up even more. So, yeah, it's it's an expensive game to – try and stack up so that's why I kind of like the Matt Ryan call that you had just because they're gonna have to be throwing the ball and he's obviously way cheaper than Mahomes so that's a a way to get some cheaper exposure to the game and and that's also why I think the the Russell Gages Mm -hmm. and the Le'Veon Bells are gonna need to be included in some of these game stacks because you can't just like you literally probably can't play Mahomes Tyreek Kelsey and Calvin Ridley uh, that might actually not be possible. So you got to pick and choose what you want from that game, but definitely one that, that you'll want some exposure to and try to get some of those cheaper lower-owned pieces in addition to the studs. Yeah, Russell Gage, 17 targets last two weeks. Nothing wrong with that at all. You know, he hasn't eclipsed over 85 yards in either of those two games, though. So, you know, little eight-dot problems there. Russell Gage had 100 yards in one game this year, and it was the opening week against Seattle. But you know, he's found the end zone a couple of times, and he gets those targets. So he could be a cheap piece for sure, depending on what side you're playing. But that is that is surely uh, an expensive game, and rightfully so. And it'll be very popular, I'm sure. What uh, what else is fresh in your mind that was, you know, a big surprise to you or a hot topic from Sunday's main slate here? I mean – Titans aren't on the main slate, but 46 points against Detroit, Derrick Henry, Corey Davis, Ryan Tannehill, maybe a little narrative there saying, hey, this is my team after Mariota balls out Thursday night. So uh, that was fun. That was fun for me. Looking forward to seeing what they could do in Lambeau. But uh, they're not on the main slate, but that was, you know, something I was mildly interested in. I want to hear about David Montgomery. I know uh, we keep bringing him up, but you keep bringing him up. And what do you think now? Are we ready to just accept that that David Montgomery might be the the best fantasy running back in the league? Because, my goodness, every single week now, his his last four games, he's gotten 32, 27, 27, and 28 DraftKings points. Last week against Minnesota, 38 carries. They gave him the ball 38 times. Went for 146 yards, two touchdowns. And this week he gets Jacksonville, which – as we know, is one of the one of the best matchups you can ask for. I think they're bottom five in the league against the run, if I recall correctly. Chicago sitting at seven and a half point favorites, and yes, Montgomery's expensive now. He's up to seventy seven hundred on DraftKings, and the first reaction, as it's been every week, is going to be, "Oh well, I can't possibly pay that much for David Montgomery. He's not good." Like, okay, but every single week he's getting you 30 points and he's getting it at, what, 5% ownership last week and nobody ever wants to play him. 
You already talked about the Titans. We don't have Derrick Henry. We don't have Dalvin Cook. Yeah, this Christian McCaffrey thing, every, every single week he's going to be questionable. And I, I don't know why he would even play at this point, but he, he'd be the only person above him. You've got Nick Chubb as well, but I, I think I think David Montgomery is, is somebody you got to look to here in that great matchup against Jacksonville, and he just is such a workhorse. He's playing – almost all the snaps he's getting targets he's getting carries there's there's really not much to to hate on except for the fact that we're for some reason inherently told that David Montgomery's not good at football I can see the Twitter gifts flying in already David Montgomery chalk season but the thing is if you're playing that chief side you know we just talked about the double stack too even if you double stack them or if you want the best player, the quote-unquote best players in that game, probably not going to play David Montgomery with it. You like probably can't. can't. So either you're single stack in that game with Kansas City with one of the two you know, stud pass catchers. So I'm curious what his ownership is really going to be. You know, people said the same exact thing last week at the 7K flat mark. Oh, I can't pay for David Montgomery. Oh, he got bailed out by a couple of big runs. That's it. Look, 38 carries. There's a new play caller in town. Matt Nagy, a couple weeks ago, gave it up. So maybe maybe things are changing in Chicago a little bit. I just, You know, those memes about him, about the player comparisons on draft day, you know, and people edit them. And he has some very high praise from a lot of scouts. So maybe we're finally seeing an I told you so. <laughs> kind of kind of thing with Montgomery here, but yeah, I'm, I'm totally interested here. Um, you know, Jacksonville is in the driver's seat for, for uh, Mr. Lawrence now, so I, I can't anticipate uh, too many uh, too aggressive run blitzes or anything. What a what a shock seeing the Jets knock off the Rams, and I want to go there next. Wow, it must be tough being a Jets fan, right? Haven't been relevant since Chad Pennington and Curtis Martin. And, uh, you know, some Lavernius Coles, I'm name dropping now. But kudos to them for playing playing to win. I don't want to see Lawrence in the AFC South twice a year or more for the next decade. So I'm a little bummed there. But what, is the, what does that say about the Rams? Or is, it, is this league just any given Sunday at this point, right? I'm not trying to pull a play whoever you want kind of thing. I'm not taking a page out of Jordan's book. But what the hell's going on? The Rams are legit playoff contender you know people were drinking the kool-aid after uh the last thursday night game when cam Akers went nuts and they rolled new england but well there's a clunker so what's what what's going on with the rams and the jets it really is crazy that's one of the the bigger upsets i can remember i think the rams were 17 point favorites and like we've said it seemed like the jets were clearly trying to lose. So I don't know why they decided to win this game. I was just thinking, can you imagine being in a survivor pool all year and you're set up nicely? You're like, okay, I've got the the Rams reserved here for week 15 home against the Jets. And then you you pick them and they lose. I I happened to one of my friends. So shout out to him. Sorry, bud. But yeah, (sighs) it's, it's an interesting situation and, now the Jets are going to be playing against Cleveland, so I think it sets up nicely for Chubb, who's sitting right at that same price tag as Montgomery, so I'm not sure of those two who will will end up being the more popular, but like you said, they, they, both, they both are likely to go under-owned because I can see people more wanting to pay up 
at the quarterback and wide receivers positions and, and save some money at running back. So looking to, to, to Chubb there as a tournament play against the Jets, I, I don't see the Jets winning another one. So now, now what? Now them and Jacksonville are going to compete for who can, who can lose out and make sure they, they wrap up that number one pick and get Lawrence. So what, what a mess for, for Jets fans, if, if there's any of you out there, but yeah, in terms of that Jets game, I, I'm going to continue to, to just not play any of them. Mims is, is just not quite getting much done and, and just all those receivers that they always pop as decent values just because they're so cheap, but I'm going to try to, avoid that and then on the ram side i do not know what what happened with them there that is is simply an unexcusable loss and now they they go into seattle which which should be a pretty big game and and probably another game that we can look to for a little bit of a of a game stack although maybe a a little bit difficult as always with the rams to, to figure out where to go but plenty of opportunities there for for golf stacks or rust stacks. And I think there's a couple different ways that we can look to, to stack up that game. We're covering Sunday main slate here on the preview pod. There's a Friday Christmas game between the Vikings and the Saints. Just one game. I mean, at least have two. Like, come on, man. Um, I don't know if the NBA is stealing a lot of their thunder with their big, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's some conflict there. Saturday has three brutal games as well. Um, doesn't matter how brutal. RG will have a ton of content on, on pretty much everything for you. So we just want to stick to the main uh, the main slate here uh, for a couple of reasons. But, yeah, I mean, you made, made a lot of good points there. Uh, the Jets will take on the Browns this week. And, uh, you know, the Browns are, are impressive. They're, they, you know, they uh, had a wild game against Baltimore, what, about eight or nine days ago. So uh, it was good to see them bounce back after that kind of gut-wrenching loss that they had when Lamar came out of the bathroom <laughs> to, uh, to take care of business. He had, like, double pun I just did there. It was pretty good, right? That was good. That was very good. Well done. It's, it's good to see Jarvis Landry more involved, right? Like, Beckham is gone, and they actually have some pretty decent young talent. People's Jones, impressive. Um, a bunch of tight ends, like your guess is as good as mine, who's going to get the ball between Austin Hooper, who came back and had a nice game. Uh, and Njoku, I think people have been waiting for Njoku to turn the corner for a couple of seasons now probably. But is Jarvis Landry back, and is this maybe a, a game where you're going to consider him? He's typically a fairly high-floor guy. Yeah, I think you can definitely consider him. Sitting at 6,900 and – like you said, the volume has been great the last four weeks. Eight, nine, 10, and 11 targets in each of those games. Touchdowns in three of the four. Had at least six catches in each of them. So showing a pretty pretty high floor and also a reasonable ceiling. So I think that you can look to Landry. And Baker, in general, has been, been putting up some pretty solid games recently. So you can... I think you can approach the Browns in, in one of two ways. You can either go for for a Baker stack and get Baker, Landry. You mentioned Hooper, who had a nice game on six targets, went for 541 and a touchdown. So I think Baker stacks, you can certainly play here, in which case I know I just said don't play any Jets receivers, and, and you, you, you could run it back, but you could also just not do that because – 
it's just it's it's a guessing game with them, and there's not a lot to go around. So, so I would either go with the the Baker stack side of things, or or with the the Nick Chubb play. I would not. I don't think I would play Baker and Chubb together, just because Chubb is not super involved in the passing game. He's pretty much a a one or two target guy at most. So Baker stacks in play, Chubb in play, Cleveland defense in play as well. I think Landry's at an interesting spot price-wise between both Rams bounce-back candidates against Seattle, who, you know, we don't have to go into how bad Seattle is against the pass. But you have Bobby Trees at 7K. Landry's directly under him. Uh, You know, Woods is pretty high floor typically. His price is up there now, but he's in a good matchup. And Cooper Cup, who people love to play, uh, especially when they think the Rams are going to pass. So a couple guys in the middle there, and Jarvis Landry is one of them at 6,900. And another one is Scary Terry who I'm more interested in with Haskins if he if Haskins is the guy against Carolina. I'm jumping gears here a little bit, but uh, Terry saw 12 targets again, a fan favorite earlier in the year because he was producing and he was uh, looking good with those yak numbers and he was getting some deep shots. And Alex Smith has been winning some games, but, you know, he's a safe quarterback, captain check down, doesn't like to do too much, you know, pretty low A, a dot. So I think, uh, I think McLaurin is interesting too. Uh, in the middle there, especially for me, is if if with Haskins is in, um, I'm really not as interested with uh, Alex Smith personally. But I uh, I wanted to bring that up, so I don't necessarily think we need to dive in to that Panthers uh, football team game. But if you'd like to, go ahead, and then uh, uh, maybe we should talk about Colt Steelers, another big AFC game. Sure. Yeah, I don't think we need to dive too deep. I was going to say the same thing as you no- noticed the. The numbers on McLaurin as well. Definitely prefer him with Haskins. Like you said, 12 targets last week. Ha- had an okay game, not a great one, which I think should hopefully keep the ownership somewhat down. And I don't I don't view that game as a, a full game stack potential, but I think it's a great mini correlation spot where you play McLaurin and, and one of those Carolina receivers, whether it's Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, or Curtis Samuel. So I, I like the idea of that mini correlation there in that game for sure you know Pittsburgh who plays the Monday night game uh, against the Bengals we don't typically talk about you know the team playing the Monday night game before we before we see it but you know as we record beforehand but that's a pretty big game in the AFC and this Steelers game just can't run the Steelers team cannot run the ball they can't run the ball um, we'll see what James Conner is up to next week if he's in or out, but he's really not helping the cause much, even when he's active. Claypool's had some bad drops. You know, Deontay Johnson is uh, the guy who, you know, when he's healthy, seems to uh, get a ton of work, right? It's just a matter of him getting through the game. But really, like, man, look at that volume for Deontay Johnson. The whole year, really. But since week nine, these are his targets. 10, 11, 16, 13, 12, 7. And he's only had 200-yard games out of those because, like, like he's just kind of – like, the A dot is just not there. Like he's just kind of that – oh, I don't want to say safety valve, but he just kind of works the middle – like, works, you know, between that 10 and 20-yard threshold trying to you – know, he's, like, kind of their version of Cooper Cup in a weird way, I guess, in terms of what he's doing statistically. All those receivers are priced pretty affordably. Uh, Pittsburgh really needs to get back on track. We've seen that Colts defense get exploited. 
So I'm really wondering with, you know, the Chiefs and Falcons in play at the receiver position and with the Rams at wideouts and some smash spots there, if you can have a lean on any of these Pittsburgh receivers all in the 6K range, I think, you know, maybe Deontay Johnson actually volume-wise might be my favorite. Um, I think there's some sneaky GPP upside there. Uh, they're going to have to throw the ball a ton. The Colts, not uh, Pittsburgh can't run. The Colts are very good against the run. If that defense is stronger in one area, in my opinion, it's definitely the front seven with, you know, led by Darius Leonard there. So I'm interested in um, one of these Steelers receivers, maybe an Eric Ebron revenge game. I don't know. But I think someone's going to do some damage there for Pittsburgh. I agree with you too. I think, all three of them are viable. I agree that Deontay Johnson sets up the best from a volume standpoint, definitely has the highest floor of the three and sets up particularly the best on DraftKings where we get the full PPR. We're, we're looking more at a FanDuel. That's probably where Claypool comes a little bit more into play for me just because he, he probably has the, the biggest big play, big touchdown upside so i think we can consider him too and then you also have juju who has also been been fine and sits right in the middle so i i would say that deontay johnson is is my preferred option and number one play but i think all three of them you can certainly go to and similar to what i just said with the the carolina washington i love the idea of a mini correlation with with ty hilton on the other side it's in that at 5500 who wasn't great again last week, but but another another decent enough showing, and and he's been hot lately, seeing some more targets from Philip Rivers. My guy Michael Pittman just just done with him. Hate to <laughs> hate to say it, but he's just not getting volume or production anymore. So yeah, I think think that's a nice play there, and you you can look to Ben too. You can look to Ben because the Steelers Steelers like to throw the ball, and he he. Gets a decent amount of volume in looking at his, his recent games. He's thrown the ball 40 plus times more often than not. So you can stack up Ben if you, if you want to. He's not my favorite. I'd rather get to one of the, the dual threat running quarterbacks, but 6,400 on Ben, not a bad price on DraftKings. And we will have to see what happens out after this Monday night game, too. I know that. As of this time, we're recording on Monday. James Conner was just recently ruled out. So I do not know what his status will be for next week. But if he's out, then then maybe Snell is somebody that comes into play as well. And that means late. Yeah, for sure. These two four o'clock games besides the Birds. Uh, we'll get into the Birds, which we led with the Birds, but we can talk to any Pollard, et cetera. Uh, you know, Ram Seattle, you think in these two receivers in, in the LA nation are going to garner some ownership due to the matchup kind of thing. Yeah, I would, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Both of them a little bit, but they never get over. And Robert Woods has been more. Been, ah, it's always hard to guess between the two of them. Between Woods and Cup, do you, do you have a lean one way or the other between the two of those guys? No, I, I really don't. I really don't. I, I think for Torney, is going back to Acres is kind of interesting. 
I just feel like everybody faves the running backs against Seattle. And before you know it, you know, one of the tailbacks is dumping them in twice. Um, and I think, I think Akers is, I think Akers is really good. He's really good. I, I'm, I'm kind of willing to maybe throw that game out a little bit against the Jets, right? Like, it's going to be like a total trap game week before their you know, big division game. I don't know what happens. Like, like the Titans lost to the Bengals earlier this year in just a total shit show of a game. It happens. Like, everybody's good in the NFL. Even the Sam Darnolds of the world are good at football. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Just a strange one. He he also had a he had a touchdown, get called back for a hold. So I think he, he also had another like twenty something yard run that got called back for a hold. <laughs> if you can't tell, I was watching K Makers very closely yesterday. But yeah, just just some unfortunate luck for him. And I, I actually I, I like that call. I think that could be a a sneaky little play there to go back to Cam Akers. Looks like he saw. His snap count came down slightly, back down to 61%. So, but but that probably has to do with the game script and and maybe not having him in as on as many of the the passing down spots. But if you get a script where where the Rams get a lead here, that Seattle defense is just can get beaten every which way. So I think Akers will come in pretty low owned this week and is a nice tournament option as a part of that game. Yeah, the more we're kind of looking at this slate and we're having some time to go through it together, there's more tournament options at running back than probably I initially thought. Looking at this Broncos-Chargers game, who's going to pay a premium for the fourth highest-priced running back in Austin Eckler this week after he disappointed many and Anthony Lynn just loves feeding Kalen Balage at the goal line. Everybody's favorite tailback. I'm willing to go back to Austin Eckler. Obviously, there's a ton of news we're going to need. Whether or not this limited Keenan Allen, Mike Williams thing is just going to be for the rest of the year to keep him fresh. You know, we don't really know yet. It's possible. But this is a guy, Austin Eckler, who you think would have saw more work in the past game with those guys on tight leashes. The prior three weeks, he saw 34 targets. Are you kidding me? So, you know, we talked about Montgomery really coming on. We talked about Chubb against the Jets. You know, we're going to talk about Tony Pollard, who will probably be owned. Miles Sanders is there. Cam Akers, I, I just feel like Austin Eckler is going to be a little under-owned, I think. Uh, so I'm very much so interested in GPP, especially on DK. Maybe going back to Austin Eckler. And uh, with all the Chiefs priced very high, you know, you're not going to – we talked about Montgomery. You're probably not maybe going to look to Montgomery or Eckler or Chubb in that 7K range if you're targeting this Chiefs-Falcons game. Yep. I, I think that's a, a good call as well. Eckler could very well go overlooked in this spot. It is frustrating, the whole Kalen Balazs thing. I, I I don't know what the deal with that is, and but Eckler, he only had four targets last week, but prior to, the, to that, 9-9 nine, nine, and 16 targets as he came back from injury. Seems to be getting in that 13 to 15 carry range. Matchup with, with Denver is, is a fine one. I don't think there's any, any matchup concerns there, really. So I, I think he's a good call and likely to go overlooked, as you said, and Maybe he could even pair him up with the, the Chargers defense against the 
the Broncos, who, who don't have a ton to offer offensively. But and, and yeah, the the whole Keenan Allen situation is just it's just strange. Uh, I think you got to avoid Keenan Allen in general. He had by far his worst game, and yeah, who knows what they're going to be doing there. But yeah, I like the Eckler call. I think he he'd be my favorite piece in that game. Is Drew Locke the worst current starting quarterback in the NFL? I, I mean, he's 5K flat. Tyrod Taylor's priced higher than him. Carson Wentz is still priced higher than him. Andy Dalton's priced higher. Gardner Minshew's higher. Nick Foles is 5,100. That's I, actually hilarious. <laughs> ah, Drew Locke is so bad. And I played Drew Locke like two months ago against Atlanta, and he lit it up. So – if there's more, there might not be any more of a reason to lock in Mahomes this week and like cash at least or higher stake stuff. I know the league doesn't work like that. It's just what a bad game we saw him play against the Bills. Like that's the first Drew Lock game I saw. I, I sat down and watched like the whole thing, and I, I didn't like what I saw. So he's bad. I, he's bad, right? Like, what's his ceiling? Is it, I mean, he's so young, but he has some weapons there. Yeah, he has some decent running backs, too. I mean, I know it's partially the play calling, but, uh, man, I just I scratched my head with a lot, a lot that I saw, and I don't know. So I yeah. like, the, like the Chargers defense call quite a bit. Agreed, yeah. I think that, you know, him being so bad is the reason that I, I am focusing more on the, the Eckler and or Chargers defense side of thing as opposed to saying, you know, get, we'll run it back with, with Jerry Judy or, or with Tim Patrick, just because I don't think you can rely enough on, on Drew Locke to get it done. T- Tim Patrick has had some okay games. So if you want to throw a dart at it, if for some reason you're looking to stack up this game, I think you can do that. And then Herbert, you could, you could look to Herbert too. He, he just hasn't, he hasn't really been running much. He was running a lot earlier in the year and hasn't been, been running too much lately. So I, I'd rather, I'd rather play like a Jalen Hurts than a Herbert at this point. And again, just take the the Eckler pieces from this game and move on. Eagles, Cowboys. We talked Jalen Hurts, um, you know, big game in the NFC East. If you would have told me that Dak Prescott was done for the year and Barkley was done for the year and, you know, the Washington football team is playing with Alex Smith coming back and, and the Eagles would be in last. Not to like pour salt in the open wound, but I would have told you that you were crazy and whatever drugs you were on must be really good. But this is the world we're living in, and it should be a close game according to Vegas. Like, here we go. Andy Dalton versus Jalen Hurst, the matchup everyone thought we'd be getting in December. <laughs> so Tony Pollard's price is up. Is it up high enough, in your opinion? If Zeke is out again, then – I, I I'm interested in Pollard again, even at 6,500. The he he was just he was pretty involved, and you basically I think I think Pollard's more explosive than Zeke at this point. Not to be a, a watch the film guy, but he just comes off as more explosive. He he got 12 carries, nine targets is the more exciting thing for me. I think he took he took one. One catch. Yeah, he had a couple of big plays, like 30, 40-yard plays that we just weren't seeing from Zeke. So 
I think 6,500 is still a very fair, if not a little bit underpriced for Pollard if Zeke is out. So definitely have interest there. We also need to monitor the Michael Gallup situation because I know he left with an injury and is it's TBD right now on, on how serious that is. If he's out, it certainly gives a boost to, to CD lamb to Amari Cooper as well. Although Cooper has, has been a little bit, eh, he's been okay. He just had a tough one last week. So if Gallup is out interested in similar to what we talked about, like playing hurts, run it back with, with lamb maybe, or if Gallup is playing, I continue to like he, he's he's underpriced every single week, and I, th- I think he's a good tournament flyer just because of his his big play upside seems to be getting in the end zone a decent amount. So I, I think there's some some fantasy goodness here, but it, it's a weird one because it's mostly in the forms of I like Jalen Hurts, and then I like the Dallas pass catchers, or I like Pollard. So it's kind of that that weird correlation of of playing Hurts with one of the Dallas guys, but I think that that's a a nice strategy for, for tournaments this this coming slate. We usually close our show with how ugly tight end is and what do you do there besides Travis Kelsey. This week, there's a $2,800 difference between Kelsey, the most expensive tight end, and Mark Andrews, the second most expensive tight end on the slate. Maybe we were too hard on Logan Thomas earlier this year. because He's he been had, a beast. Dude, he had 15 targets last week. 15. 15. There was more people on the field, Dwayne, just letting you know. But, yeah, he's he's been good. 15 targets, 7 against San Fran, 9 against Pittsburgh. You know, last four weeks he's had at least 10 DraftKings points in every game and two over 24. He had 26 against Seattle, 10 against San Fran, 24 against Pittsburgh in that rainy, miserable game. That was an upset of an upset of the year for the Washington football team. And then he had 13 against – I mean, yeah, he's, he was touchdown dependent in uh, in one of them. But uh, with how ugly the position is, you got to consider you know, Logan Thomas. It's, it's hard. You know, if you're not going Kelsey, what, what do you do? What do you do? Mark Andrews finally turned into some good games. You know, I feel like every other game they've been missing someone due to COVID. So not having uh, – who was out this week for them? Um Who's on the COVID list? Did Marquise Brown even play? We haven't talked about him. Marquise Brown. Yeah, he played. played. He played. played. They, yeah, I think they got all their guys back last week. But, yeah, Andrews had a, had a fine game. He's – I like Andrews as a as a tournament option typically because he, he doesn't get the most volume, but he gets very, very efficient volume, I would say, just in terms of – turning his catches into into yards and into touchdowns, being pretty involved in the red zone. So Andrews at 5,700 is is interesting to me, especially as the stack with Lamar Jackson. I really I really think the a good way to approach tight ends is to to just use it as a part of your your game stack correlation. Just because it's so difficult to like unless you're playing Kelsey, it's very difficult to predict which tight end is going to go off. So I, I like including some of these cheaper tight ends as, as a part of either the secondary stack with my quarterback or, or part of a cheap run back. So we talked about that Atlantic KC game, right? So you got Hayden Hurst at 3,400, for example. 
that's a good way to get cheap exposure to that game because we talked about how you can't just play Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek, Calvin Ridley. Hayden Hurst gives you a little bit of openness there. You can look at either of the the Eagles tight ends again as as ugly as that may sound. Chances are most of the tight ends are just going to dud out. So it's like how do you how do you maximize the chances that that if you do happen to hit the right tight end that it also correlates with the rest of your lineup and, and can get you to the top of the leaderboards. And man, I can't believe Kelsey's up to 8,500 now. It's just so expensive, but like, I, I would love to try and find ways to play him. Of course, it's just really going to depend on, on what kind of value opens up because if you get the situation like we had this last week where we had Fournette, we had Pollard, we had Traquan Smith, like you can get someone like Kelsey in if that does not, open up I don't know that we can pay 8500 at the tight end position even though Kelsey is just an absolute beast it would be really interesting if we had a 9k running back on the slate right no Derrick Henry no Dalvin Cook McCaffrey's questionable and uh that's something to watch I can't see him playing at this point but you never know so yeah I mean the the pay up spots are the Chiefs you know and the Calvin Ridley right now and obviously, you know, Mahomes is a, a very high-priced quarterback. But, yeah, it would be a – it actually would be kind of a wild slate if we had those 9K running backs, right, because you would just think ownerships might be a little bit scattered. More things to think about. But I, it, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun slate. And you're right, an 8,500 for a tight end. Crazy. Yeah, we don't have those high-priced running backs. We also don't have Devontae Adams on the right. slate either. So, again, it's one of those where, where some of the – the people that would be the typical typical guys that we want to lock in on are, are not available. So I think I think we will see a lot condense around the Kansas City offense in terms of the payup spots just because, I mean, why not? <laughs> they, they have such a high floor, such a high ceiling. And then so it's going to be a matter of, of how can you get those pieces but then also differentiate elsewhere and come up with the, the right combinations and hopefully take down some tournaments. Only two more full main slates on the year. Can you believe it? Can't believe we're in week 16 already. It's crazy. Uh, I really Time flies. Time does fly. Anything else, TJ, before we get out of here? I had one more thing I just wanted to mention. I was a little disappointed. I, I want to be ahead of the game whenever J.K. Dobbins gets that 20-carry game. thought maybe it would have been last week, especially with the lead they played with. Mark Ingram was just completely inactive. He is totally done. Like, not, okay, he's not done. Don't quote me on that but play one snap the prior week didn't play at all his time is up his contract's up it's time to pass the torch last week Dobbins played 53 percent of the snaps Gus Edwards got 41 percent just thought maybe there'd be a game where you know they don't want to run Jackson into the ground you know I said the Giants are pretty stingy against the run there's only a couple more weeks left in the regular season eventually Dobbins I think is going to have this 20 carry game whether it's now or on a postseason slate, maybe, you know, if, if that's what it comes down to. The guy is so good. He's so good. He checks a lot of those advanced uh, PFF metrics, et cetera. You know, and he passes the eye test, right? He's the best ball carrier by far on that team, besides Lamar. And I, I just want to be ahead of the game. You know, I thought you know, he'd have – I thought maybe he'd have more than 13 in that game script. And I was a little disappointed there that, that this wasn't the week for it. But who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe I'm overhyping the Giants a bit. Maybe this is the week. Um, he's so good. So at some point in the next you know, 
couple of weeks. Um, I'm anticipating that 20-carry game for Dobbins. It has to come. I feel like he's getting, like, the Aaron Jones treatment from last year with you know, – Jamal Williams is pretty good, but he's not Aaron yep. Jones. So that's just kind of the last thing on my mind here. Yeah, no, that, that's a good call. And he, he was someone – he was another part of my frustration yesterday because I had, I had J.K. Dobbins in my FanDuel tournaments. And like exactly like you just said, after the first half, he was like smashing it, like 14 points, great game script. I was like, all right, Dobbins, 20, 25-point game, here it comes. And then just nothing in the second half. But I, I agree. I think that, that we should look to Dobbins. And another another spot where I wouldn't pay, play Dobbins and Lamar in the same lineup, but I, I love playing Dobbins as a, a one-off for tournaments because I think, I think the breakout game is coming. It's just a matter of time. They do love garbage time Gus though. He I, I didn't break, I didn't break down the snaps, but there were some games even last year where he got a lot of fourth quarter run. Even even in like kind of competitive games. I don't know what it is about him that they love throwing him in there in the grind, you know, fourth quarter. And he's he's a good back too. I just think Dobbins is the far superior carrier among him and Ingram, but we'll see. We'll see. And uh he he scored. He was okay, right? He ended up scoring what yeah, like sixty yards or something like that. Uh Dobbins, that is. But yeah, he was smashing early. That, so I was a little disappointed there. We'll see it eventually. And if not, I think next year, you know, I'm curious what his ADP will be in kind of annual seasons and things like that because I think he has killer upside in that offense. So, TJ, where can the people find you on Twitter? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at TJL5124DFS. Continuing to come out with the NFL GPP article on Fridays. I know that you're going to have some some NBA stuff going on very soon here, aren't you, Justin? I'm excited. The whole RG team are about to pick it up. I'm going to do a lot of stuff on the weekends, it seems like. So I'm looking forward to providing whatever, whatever the team needs before I'm here. And we're starting off with a nice two-gamer on Tuesday. I think there's a 13-game slate Wednesday. And, of course, you know, Christmas uh, Day will have a ton of good contests across the industry. So for many reasons, many reasons, NFL, NBA, you name it, PGA. Shout out to uh, Tambo, who uh, had a huge uh, 50K LPGA GPP win. Um, and obviously, you know, the RG team had a lot of big wins this week. Chop took down the Millie. We had some representatives in the live final. I filled in for Christy um, on Sunday on the pre-lock NFL show. So a lot of good stuff. Uh, good, many reasons to uh, subscribe to the premium packages we have. Great personalities, great people who know their stuff. And uh, the optimizer, you know, Lineup HQ is so easy to use. Uh, but, you know, my favorite tool uh, is the ownership projections. You know, Chris Tremino and company do such a great job. And ownerships are so integral to where to find your leverage, how to play these GPPs, how to play, how to play it all, really. Like, you're not – if you're not close with these ownerships, you're at a significant disadvantage. And uh, I love what the team has to offer. I, I mean, TJ, even before RG, like, did you come to RG for ownerships? Like, we can't stress this enough of how integral it is to being successful at DFS. Am I I wrong here? Am I right? Oh, absolutely. It's a a major part when you're building your GPP lineups. You want to make sure that you don't have too much of the chalk condensed in one lineup. I think it helps both ways, too. It can also kind of reverse help you build a a cash game type lineup, too, right? Like, okay, who are the highest known guys going to be? Right. That clearly means they're the highest value plays. And then as you're building tournament lineups, depending on the size of the tournament, the buy-in that you're working with, you want to find that that right mix of 
yeah, I'm not just going to play all 2% owned guys, but how can I like, okay, play the the three chalky guys that I like the most, but then find a, a lower owned game stack to surround those and make sure you have that, that right combination. So it's, it's absolutely huge. I'm constantly monitoring it throughout the week just to make sure I have a, a good feel for when the cards are, are flipped on Sunday, what can I expect from an ownership perspective? Awesome stuff. Well, as always, thanks for joining me. Hope you have a good holiday, TJ. And to all of our listeners, be safe. Have a great holiday. Hope you enjoyed this content. Big week in sports, so make sure you're, you're glued to Roto Grinders and you have those push notifications on. So for TJ Lasig and the rest of the Roto Grinders team, I'm Justin Carlucci. Happy holidays and good luck.